Nonprofit governance. Nonprofit answers. Nonprofit board. Nonprofit management. Nonprofit marketing. Nonprofit resources. The Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits presents Nonprofit Everything, the podcast about everything nonprofit, with your host, Andy Shurick and Stacy Wedding. Well, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Nonprofit Everything. I'm Andy Schurecht, and we have my co-host, Stacey Wedding, here. And today, we're joined by some extra space. You can tell by the sound of the podcast, this is going to be a little bit different today. We have brought in some, some nonprofits in Nevada, who uh, some really smart people that we want to sort of wrestle this topic. And we have a handful of listener questions already that we're going to propose. Uh, and so it's going to be a little bit different than usual. So uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, as always, thanks to the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, who makes this possible. And with that, I think we're going to jump right in. Um, and I think the first thing is maybe to have to have everybody introduce themselves. Jamie, do you want to start us off? Sure. I'm Jamie weller Favor. I'm the Chief Administrative Officer for the Boys and Girls Club of Southern Nevada. Great. And we have Kate. Yeah, Kate Hibbard-Gaines, the Director of Development with Three Square Food Bank. Great. And Heidi. Hi, I'm Heidi Parker. I'm Executive Director of Immunized Nevada. I'm also the chair uh, this year for Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. Thank you. So you can so you can see that we've got a pretty high-powered team. Thank you, all three of you, very much for taking time out of what is un- undoubtedly really a hectic time for each of you uh, to to talk to us and to share this with nonprofits really around the country. We really appreciate it. So with that. Um, Maybe, let's see, Heidi, you want to start out and just kind of give us sort of an overview of sort of what's what's going on in your world? I would love to. Um, so, Immunized Nevada, um, we actually have two offices. We have an office in Las Vegas, and we have an office in Reno. So, we are already set up uh, to work um, in somewhat of a virtual space just because those offices are connected uh, virtually. So, we made the decision to go remote uh, last week. We'd actually made that decision before, uh, I would say, things got pretty chaotic. And we also are uh, not participating in any outreach events. Most of those subsequently were canceled anyway. Um, So really looking at just what we can focus on while working remotely, um, how we can best support all of our partners that are in our coalition that are experiencing um, the same level of uncertainty and just kind of doing the best to support my team and and actually other nonprofits I've been hearing from um, a few in the community too that just know of the and piece and, and have been reaching out. Great. And Jamie, how about how about Boys and Girls Club? Sure. Well, the safety and health and wellness of both our kids, their families, and our staff is of utmost concern, um, we made a difficult decision to close all 13 club locations yesterday. Um, we have been busy with contingency planning um, as far as, you know, just exploring relationships with uh, the local municipalities and hospitals about the opportunity to help out with um, the need for child care for their um, necessary um, workers. So those are just kind of preliminary discussions that we're having with those entities right now. Um, just so much in flux. Um, last week, we were coming up into a huge fundraising event, um, Sneaker Ball, um, that was scheduled to take place on March 14th. We made um, the difficult decision um, with the support of our executive committee to 
to cancel that event, um, but then quickly regear um, to what we called our first annual sneaker e-ball. Um, so we hosted that event on Facebook Live on Saturday at 6.30 um, with a huge, huge effort um, to to really kind of rally the troops and uh, technical expertise to make that um, a possibility. Um, and we're continuing our efforts to communicate with our supporters about the need to, to have their continued support um, in the form of online donating and bidding. Um, we just posted our video from that broadcast on YouTube, and we are developing a communication um, calendar to try to, you know, encourage and, um, you know, elicit as much participation as we can. We know that the environment is just so tenuous right now with the psychological scarcity that most people have in their minds. Um, so it, it's, it's a hard communication. Um, I know a lot of my team members have expressed their concern about us moving forward with our efforts, but um, our team, both myself and Andy Bischel, who's our president and CEO, are adamant that we need to complete what we started on Saturday. So we are full steam ahead on fundraising um, and really just trying to look at innovative ways to um, keep our workforce productive. Um, that way we are caring for those individuals during this really difficult time um, and maintaining as many jobs as possible. Um, I know that our, our brother and sister organizations throughout the state of Nevada um, are being faced with very, very similar issues. So Jamie, uh, this is Stacy, and, and I'm very curious to know, uh, do you have the numbers yet of, of the kind of viewership you got online by turning, turning your event virtual? Uh, we do, actually. Um, we have about 180 active donors, and we have about $55,000 in um, revenue. And we did do um, a lot of promotional ads um, to try to reach as many people as possible um, on our Facebook um, platform. And we were able to reach over um, 11,000 individuals pre-broadcast. Um, so people reached during um, our Facebook Live, um, we had 1,400. Our post-event views, we had about 1,200. We had 10 shares, 30 likes, and 32 comments. Um, so, and that was as of um, just yesterday afternoon. So we're, we're continuing to see some shares on the event. I think we're going to see a lot more um, views, hopefully, now that we have posted the video up to YouTube. Uh, because, uh, you know, in our live broadcast format, we did have what we call the waiting room um, to allow people the time and opportunity to join us. But admittedly, we did have a technical difficulty that um, pushed our broadcast from 6 o'clock to 6.30. So I think if we would have actually broadcast live at 6 o'clock as intended, as advertised, we probably would have seen a lot more viewers um, at that time. It still sounds like you were able to pivot and adapt. And uh, when I when I saw the email come out from your organization, I was, I, I was impressed at the positive tone. You were able to make it sound fun and, hey, hang out you know, hang out at your house in your jammies and sneakers or whatever and watch us. And I thought, you know, that's in some ways you got to try to keep that, that spirit alive during these tough times. No, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was definitely a challenging format. Um, I, I think Andy and myself both, um, we did have some individuals watching live um, as we were um, at our Reynolds Notes for Notes studio broadcast. And, you know, normally you would talk to a crowd of 550 people and have good energy. And we had probably about 12 people in the room, my husband and my daughter included, 
who were admittedly <laughs> making a lot of faces at me as I was playing the role of the Masters of Ceremony. So thankfully, I have this full-time job as Chief Administrative Officer and not and not rely on the need to uh, perform well in that MC format because I could probably be broke by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all that with us. So, Kate, tell us what's going on at Three Square. What's going on at Three Square? There's a lot going on. Um, yeah. Well, Three Square, just to give you a little background, is Southern Nevada's only food bank um, and largest hunger relief organization serving Southern Nevada. Um, Andy, I don't know if this happened during your time or not, but um, right now we are you know, deploying um, our own contingency plan, an emergency food plan. And I know we've talked about it as an organization. There's been a few times, I think most recently when the government shut down, but thankfully never had to fully deploy that plan. Um, so right now we're essentially scaling down our distribution channels as resources become less available to us. Typically we work with about, 100, about 180 agency partners or other nonprofits that we serve food to around the valley. And we're scaling that back to about 43 sites or organizations that have been strategically chosen because they're able to distribute large quantities of food, but also because of where they're geographically located across the valley. So that's a, you know, high level organization, uh, I guess, take on it from um, development and marketing. You know, we've received this sort of outpouring of support, which has been amazing, but also a little bit overwhelming all at the same time. Uh, so many people in this community want to give back and uh, are looking for um, the best way to do that. And so we are in a unique situation in that we rely on volunteers um, as a big part of our workforce. We see about 1,200 volunteers come through our campus each week uh, under normal circumstances, and that just helps us get our everyday uh, orders fulfilled. And so uh, right now we are still... Um, having volunteers come on site, but also working to find unique ways to reduce the number of people that need to physically be at three square. Uh, as we deploy this emergency plan, we will have a lot more um, pop-up or what we call mobile distributions throughout the valley. So we're hoping that we can do a lot of the packing and sorting um, there on site with volunteers. And then we've also um, responded with launching an um, um, coronavirus emergency food fund. And so uh, every dollar donated to three square, we can put three meals back out into the community. And that has um, a lot to do with our purchasing power and um, our ability to source food, very large quantities for uh, very few dollars. And so um, the food fund will allow us to be as nimble as possible in these uncertain times for the foreseeable future. That's great. And it actually is a perfect segue into the first question, the first listener question, which is, how do we best deal with the drop-off in volunteers? You know, we started to worry about that last week as we understandably started to see some of the large corporations across the country start pulling back, right, on all levels. And so they were having groups for canceling. Um, but I think what we found is that a lot of individuals are still stepping up. And um, like I said, we're trying to be a little bit innovative and, 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 and do something different out of the norm. So we're, of course, taking every precaution and every step to make sure that we're maintaining the health and safety of 
our volunteers and our staff and our partners and the people that we serve in our community, that's, that's huge. And so we're communicating that stuff out to everybody, ensuring them that we're taking all the necessary precautions to do the extra cleanings around our facility. Um, and still just communicating that we still do need volunteers. And so if you are um, willing and healthy and able to help, uh, we're, we're accepting that help. Um, unfortunately, with our club closure, um, us having the back off and volunteer um, participation um, is kind of um, reasonable. Um, there's not much that we can use um, volunteers for at this time. Now, I will tell you there's been a lot of heavy lifting at our uh, board level, which is made up of all volunteers. Um, we have been in lots of emergency um, conference calls and consultations with those individuals in a, in a virtual format that we've really been appreciative of their guidance and their time um, because they're all busy business professionals dealing in their own lives and making the time for our mission has been um, really thoughtful um, and highly impactful. Um, as far as our day-to-day -day volunteers, those individuals that work with our youth, um, we have called those individuals off um, and we are officially closed right now through April 6th with the possibility of looking at a reopen over spring break. Um, we will invite those individuals back um, when we deem it safe to reopen our doors for our youth under normal operating capacity. Should we move forward with the provision of childcare for first responders, we will not be utilizing volunteers during that time. Um, it's actually unfortunately affected a lot of um, interns and graduate level students that we had in partnership with both Roseman University and UNLV um, that were completing their practicum hours or their intern hours at our clubhouses and all of those have been um, put on hold for the time being. So it's, it's kind of a, yes, we've geared up on a, on a board level side, seeing a lot more hours and participation from them, um, but as a, a boots on the ground, we've seen a complete drop off on that side. Heidi, how about you? Any, any uh, changes in, in your policies or, or work around volunteers? We did. Uh, we did absolutely have to look at um, both from our volunteer perspective, but same uh, with our interns as well. Um, most of the work that they all do really um, is out, you know, at our outreach events. And so since those weren't happening, um, our team got creative. And so we are actually in process of getting this launched right now, but we are going to be um, providing our volunteers and interns with um, some guidance on becoming online ambassadors. Um, big part of what we do at Immunize Nevada all year round is uh, combat misinformation. And um, unfortunately, there's kind of a tsunami right now of misinformation around COVID and just everything related to it. So we are going to be helping um, them with content that they can share on their own channels, um, helping them be uh, social media kind of champions uh, for this issue and um, we'll see what happens. Um, we're excited, I think, for this opportunity to be a little creative and innovative um, in how we can utilize them um, while, especially for our interns, um, helping them still have um, as much of a meaningful experience as we um, can make for them during this time. I love I love the innovation and and you bring up a really good point for our listeners right about now is the time to sort of stretch some of those creative muscles and figure out 
are there ways to engage people that, that we can use the channels that oftentimes we neglect when we've got regular volunteer opportunities, but things like online ambassadorship, or if there's, you know, whatever database projects or things that are, that are great stay at home projects uh, for people to do, especially people who've got extra time in their hands right now. So um, thank you for sharing that. That's great. I think um, with that said, you know, we, we should move right into our next question. And, and I'm sure uh, at least I know Boys and Girls Clubs in particular has really, uh, of Southern Nevada has really had to face this. But, um, you know, one of the big, I think, alarming points out there right now that a lot of nonprofits are struggling with is fundraising events. And uh, deciding when they should cancel them. I, I know that some nonprofits still uh, having things scheduled in May that are wondering, will this pass? Can they still, you know, should they still hold something in May? Uh, many of you have already had to cancel. So our next question relates to that. Uh, and the question was, we need to cancel our fundraising event. Any strategies or ideas to recover some of that fundraising, basically lost revenue? So any, any, advice from those on the phone would I'm sure be greatly appreciated by many of our listeners. This is Heidi. I'll actually uh, just mention um, something that I found out today um, with Nevada being declared a certified disaster state. Um, small businesses and nonprofits are eligible for some funding through SBA, uh, Small Business Administration. And so I think for nonprofits who are unable to reschedule those events, um, knowing the amount of revenue that was lost, I think gives them an opportunity to consider applying for that funding. Um, I know the chambers in both uh, Las Vegas and Reno are working um, to help uh, both businesses and nonprofits with that. So I think just from a like resource perspective, um, that might be something that groups want to look into. And, you know, we put that in our show notes. You know, we always at the end of these shows put uh, a list of resources links. I was also thinking about that related to the volunteer question. Uh, there was a great resource that I happened to run into the other day of an organization that has um, gone through and developed a pretty extensive curriculum for uh, training volunteer managers and people how to, um, you know, connect with volunteers. And those are the kind, and it's, they're offering it for free. So I'll make sure that we put that link in there too, because those are the kinds of resources right now, while people, if people have a few extra minutes on their hands, um, may want to tap into. So uh, Heidi, we'll be sure to get that link from you. I think another thing, like we have a five, uh, five and 10K run that is being rescheduled to the fall now. Um, and so there's a lot of questions, right? Like bringing sponsors along, bringing registrations along. Um, how do we navigate all of that? And we're just started working through it. But again, um, just from a resource perspective, I've seen so much um, posted online and through various um support uh, networks that are offering up, you know, best practices, webinars. And so I think you know, it's, the information's out there. Just uh, seek it out and, you know, talk to your colleagues and networks because I think um, we're all in this together. I think almost all nonprofits are probably facing some level of something that has had to be canceled or rescheduled. And I know, uh, Jamie, you, you, talked already a bit about how you had to transform the sneaker ball into the e-sneaker ball. Were there any specifics from that that, that you want to share that might help our listeners? 
Oh boy, I just, I know it was just last week, but it seems like it's so meddled in my head because there were so many moving pieces and parts to that. So first and foremost, you know, I think we were kind of in the mix of it as, as the situation was getting very dynamic and very fluid um, as far as COVID-19 and the governor's declaration of the state of emergency. And, you know, we made the call before that actually happened, though that did happen in very, very close proximity thereafter. Um, you know, <laughs> It was interesting because Andy and I kind of toiled with, you know, do we postpone, do we cancel, do we reschedule, what does it look like? And, you know, admittedly, a lot of the consideration that we had is we were really uncertain about what it was going to look like a week from now, six months from now, a year from now. And, you know, at some point, life is going to get back to normal. And we have other events that we already have on calendar. Um, we have a golf event at the end of June, and we have our really big child engagement event um, called Girls Day Boys Night Out in October. And, you know, looking at our available resources and, you know, could, could we postpone it in addition to those two other events and, you know, kind of just look at the pluses and minuses of all and then just decided to take the leap to go virtual. And um, if it weren't for the production capacity that we had actually hired on earlier this year for our sneaker ball, I don't know if we would have done it, uh, but thankfully we had Jilly Gilday Schaefer's um, expertise um, with the JGS group um, for pre-event production and event day call um, that helped make that decision a lot easier. So having that expertise within the event production realm really did allow us to, to innovate in a very, very short period of time. Um, because, you know, it wasn't just, you know, a cell phone in front of Andy and I, um, us making a plea. It was a full video production. Um, we had to think about microphones and video cameras and, you know, recapturing what entertainment we had previously canceled, you know, me becoming the MC, which was supposed to be Chet Buchanan originally, which I'm sure he would have done a much better job. Um, but, you know, just trying to think about what available resources we had as far as expenses. Um, re-gearing those in a way that we thought would be most profitable and you know the the success will really be greatly you know determined on what it looks like at the end of the week we did leave our um, silent auction and live auction up um, through Wednesday and then we'll actually close it everything on um, Friday at 3 p.m. and then our what was our live auction we're now calling a premiere auction and those items will actually close tomorrow at 3 p.m. so you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a gamble. We actually put out some more expenses just to kind of make that happen. We're fortunate to be in that situation. So, you know, it's Las Vegas. We put it all on rub. So hopefully we'll come out profitable. Well, fingers crossed. We're wishing you the best. And sometimes you just need to, to make your best decision at the time. So it sounds like that's what you guys did and weighed all the factors. Uh, and and last but not least, Kate, um, I'm assuming that there may be even a different set of challenges because you're getting an influx of people wanting to uh, donate. At least that's what I think you alluded to. And and so maybe you can talk to us from that from that vantage point, uh, how you're managing all of that right now. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I'll say we had a um, donor like. Uh, volunteer and lunch plan for the end of this month, uh, you know, made the decision and the call to postpone that and put out that communication earlier today. And, um, but before sending that out, I, you know, that, that's the communication that actually came from my desktop. And so I just wanted to be prepared with what I would expect to be the natural responses, which are, you know, thank you, but how can we help during this time? So, um, make just 
I'd give the advice to be prepared for what you think will be practical responses um, and, and how to quickly respond. I think that staying in touch with your constituents or with your donors, your supporters, um, and particularly your big stakeholders is really, really important during this time. So while we've put out information to the general public, um, you know, our executives have called key stakeholders in advance to let them know what we're doing and to keep them informed. Um, the luncheon that we decided to cancel had some key people that we called and discussed that plan with in advance to make sure we were all on the same page so nobody felt blindsided. I don't think they would, though, but <laughs> we were making smart choices in the wake of, uh, you know, with the information that's been sent to us. And then, yeah, just, I, I've, I've been getting so many emails. I, I have never seen this many emails. And so to the best of my ability, I'm responding, um, and if not finding somebody who can provide the best answer, I think that that is um, one of the things that we're going to look back on and, and be proud of that we've kept in touch with people during this time. Well, kudos to you. I know I know everybody, each of you on this call today and on this podcast are uh, dealing with, with this in different ways and, and different extenuating circumstances and challenges. So thanks to all of you. And I know in particular food banks are, are being hard hit. So um, appreciate the work that a Three Square and others uh, like you are doing, all your distribution partners. Um, with that said, uh, why don't we go into the next question? And uh, for this one, uh, it really ties into more to do with the board stuff. Uh, someone said, my board is asking me if we should be canceling our board meeting and our strategic planning retreat this month. What are your thoughts? So I'd like to, uh, maybe we can even start with you, Heidi, to jump in and, and talk about you're an executive director, would love to know what you're doing um, with your board right now and if you have any thoughts to help this listener. Our board actually already meets virtually um, because they are all over the state. Um, so we already have that in place. And so I, I guess for us from a meeting perspective, we're a little bit of just business as usual uh, via Zoom. Um, I would I would say I'm being cautious in terms of how much I'm communicating with them right now and just knowing that they uh, some of them are in leadership positions where they're really um, probably overwhelmed right now with this at their own institutions. Um, so I'm just uh, continuing to keep them updated, you know, with what's happening here. And um, if we get to a point where then we need um, to implement an emergency meeting at some point, we will. But um, right now, um, we actually just did our strategic planning. <laughs> so we, we got it in before this happened. Um, and I would say... From that perspective, you know, I think it's really important to follow the guidelines for social distancing. Um, we know that it's um, easy to not be aware that you're sick yet, and we for sure would not want people to be together in a room um, and potentially be infecting somebody. So I think from a social distancing perspective in person um, until that recommendation changes, but there's just so many great uh, resources out there to do things virtually. I think this is, again, that time to take advantage of some of those. Absolutely. And Jamie, you had mentioned a bit about your board, especially ex your executive committee, has really uh, had to roll up their sleeves and, and kind of get into action with some of your 
alternative plans. Uh, can you speak to that a little bit more about how how your board is uh, handling all of this and what advice you would give someone who wants to figure out their board meetings and strategic planning retreat moving forward? Sure. I mean, that's uh, strategic planning in and of itself is kind of onerous and difficult. I think most of us would agree. So to do that virtually might be a challenge. Um, however, I think this is an amazing time to capitalize on, on actual time had. Um, for some of us, you know, especially here at Boys and Girls Club, with us not having kids in clubs, we are really looking at this as um, a capitalized opportunity to do things that often get put aside, such as planning. Um, so I know Andy and myself are really thoughtful, being thoughtful about what, what opportunities we can take for the planning side and how to engage our board members with us. Um, all of our meetings will be moved um, to teleconference. Um, we are using the expertise of our committees to help us out with um, certain projects like vendor selection. Um, we're, we're, you know, we were just in the process of selecting a new um, HVAC vendor for all 13 clubhouses. So we're going forward with that meeting uh, virtually on Friday. Um, and so we, we're, we're, not, we're not packing up shit for sure. So what we're doing is we're moving forward with our regularly scheduled meetings um, and looking at innovative formats where possible to do video conferencing. So it's a little bit more um, engagement oriented than this additional teleconference. Um, and we're moving full steam ahead. Uh, I know that Andy and I and uh, the rest of the executive team here are just really looking forward um, to, you know, despite it being a bad situation and a lot going on in the world, um, just to kind of slow down a little bit and, and really capitalize on the time that's being given to us, which is, you know, both um, difficult, but um, and it is a gift in some respects as well. So our hope is to come out of the backside of this really, really um, in a great position, both from a facility maintenance and organizational planning perspective to really just be full blown uh, when we're back in operation. Great. Love the, I love I love the stance you're taking. Right, uh, many people as as uh, sort of odd as it may sound for some of us um, who are seeing this as gloom and doom, others are looking at this as an opportunity. And so um, knowing, being respectful that it is a difficult time, but also in, embedded in that is a lot of opportunity is what I hear from you. So um, exciting to hear that. And and Kate, um, gosh, what does this look like for Three Squares Board right now, given, uh, given a the state of affairs. Yeah, you know, I actually, I'm not sure that I could add a whole lot more that um, Jamie or Heidi haven't already sort of um, discussed and that we're, we're following those guidelines for social distancing and, and making accommodations to um, adjust as needed. But again, I think it's been constant communication with our board chair and uh, the executive committee um, by our executive team. Okay, great. Well, and I, I would just um, share and add that I know some of the, the clients uh, that we work with here uh, at my firm, we have been talking to them and they did have strategic planning retreats planned for later this month and those have gotten canceled and instead we're doing some other um, there's enough in their worlds that is being rocked that we're looking more at a short-term contingency plan um, because thinking long-term right now until some of the dust settles, I, I don't think uh, anyone is quite <laughs> quite in that mindset at this point. And so we're figuring out uh, sort of everything from scenario planning of best case scenario, worst case scenarios. So for those uh, of us, uh, of our listeners who may be facing that, 
perhaps there's other ways to to uh, adapt your planning right now. Um, and with that, I'll let Andy uh, take us through the, the next couple of questions. I'm, I'm actually going to do something dangerous and jump completely off script and ask a question that has occurred to me that I think is interesting. Um, so, so on the call, we've got Immunize Nevada, we've got the Food Bank, we've got Boys and Girls Club, all of which um, have a, a very important role to play in this particular problem, right? Um, there are going to be a lot of nonprofits that that doesn't apply to, that, that, that aren't going to be talking about um, that are going to be talking about health or childcare or education or feeding people in this emergency. What, what kinds of strategies do you think we could offer to somebody who might be in the um, animal welfare or performing arts or, or something that isn't directly connected to this? Is there, I mean, because, because I think the food bank right now is, it's probably a relatively easy ask when we're talking about fundraising. What, what kinds of things do you think you would offer up as as suggestions to people that aren't in that kind of strong position from, from a fundraising perspective? You know, I think Stacey just said something that I, uh, I thought was really important was kind of that, uh, switching gears to look at that short term, more, um, emergency type of planning. You know, I've seen a lot of comments, um, in Facebook groups from directors and other nonprofit staff that, you know, are basically like, having to manage or lead an organization during a pandemic was not part of the job description, right? And so how, how does that apply to your organization and, and where, um, where are you seeing those challenges? So, yeah, if you're a museum or performing arts and you're shut down, um, what is that message? And I, I think the Reno Chamber did a great job today. They sent out an update and they really encourage their members to not ask for ticket refunds from local organizations and encourage them to um, consider that a donation. And, and that's such a small, um, I think, action that can have a really big effect for a lot of groups. And so I really appreciated that, um, that the chamber made an effort to let people know that that's just something they could do. It's a very, very interesting question. Um, Admittedly, most of my professional career has been in, you know, healthcare or, um, you know, social service. So those are definitely organizations that find themselves in a very relevant place in the current crisis. Um, you know, something that somebody came, said to me recently is, you know, think about ways of how your mission can provide relief or comfort for people. So, for example, you know, we've seen you know, a lot of the museums in, you know, Europe do virtual, um, virtual tours, um, or maybe it's taking some pictures of, you know, puppies and kittens if you're a youth-serving organization. And you know, sometimes we need, just need that levity. You know, right now, I think if you look on social media, um, you see so much about COVID-19, and it's causing a lot of stress and uneasiness amongst, um, you know, members of that platform and then the broader community. And, and thinking about thoughtful, tasteful ways of injecting um, some kind of relief would probably be greatly appreciated and allow those charities to maintain their relevance um, during this, this time where, you know, the preserved focus will definitely be on primary services to keep people, um, you know, well-stocked or sustained or fed or cared for in the healthcare environment. So, I mean, I would just, I wouldn't say news jack, because that's probably not the right term, but 
um, I would just look for innovative, thoughtful ways of keeping your mission, um, you know, present and relevant and, you know, really think about how that could look um, in those outlets. That's great. Thank you. So, so I guess we'll go back on book then. Um, so here's the next question. What are you doing to adjust your asks during the current state of the world? Are you still sending out or planning to send out mailings, emails, etc.? I know many have canceled events, but I'm specifically wondering about other appeals. This is Kate. I'd like to just jump in on this and maybe more on a personal level. Um, just my personal inbox over the last few days, there have been a few emails that seem a little tone deaf to me. And it's the result of businesses or organizations that have probably pre-scheduled some kind of email to go out. Um, but I think that was one of the first things that we at Three Square went and looked at you know, a week or so ago thinking, what do we have in the queue and what do we have lined up? And so I know sometimes you can't stop them when they're already out the door, a mailing, mailing piece or something like that. But um, just something to keep in mind, like what do you have scheduled over the next coming weeks, months uh, that you might want to pause or adjust a little bit on that end? I. Kate, this is Stacy. I have to really uh, just echo what you're saying. Just as a side note, I it was interesting. Right when this all started to heat up, I had gotten two different organizations that sent me like it was a it wasn't it didn't look like something pre-scheduled. It looked like a personal re outreach to me to ask, you know, if my firm would sponsor an upcoming event, and I was just a little bit. I think um, taken aback, I guess. It, it felt like it was not the time to send that out. So I'm hoping that people who are doing these things are being really sensitive to um, not only the economy and the worries that are out there right now from everybody from a financial standpoint, but just sort of we're, we're all dealing with some serious, unprecedented stuff. So to get an ask in the middle of it feels uh, it, like if it's not messaged correctly, feels like it could be taken, a, taken you know, uh, really poorly <laughs> and hurt the long-term relationship. Yep. Yep. So I've, yeah, I've done some unsubscribing this week in my personal uh, email <laughs> as a result of some of the emails I received. But yeah. you're right. We're, we're leading with, with gratitude in our messaging, right? Ensuring folks that um, the food bank uh, is here to serve the community. Uh, we've been established for 12 years now, over 12 years now, and we will continue to be here and serve this community thanks to the generous support we've received up to this point and hope that we can continue to receive support going forward into this unknown as we all travel through this uncertain period of time together. That was really well said. Does anybody have any final thoughts or anything they want to sort of throw in before we close? This is Heidi. I will uh, start. Um, I, I think for me, one thing that's really important over these next couple of weeks is just uh, ensuring that I'm um, connecting with our team um, in this kind of new uh, 100% virtual um, setup that they're connecting with each other and that we're um, providing opportunities uh, for that in a number of ways. Um, even our team talked today, um, they want to start sharing, you know, what, what they're binging on, <laughs> you know, on Netflix. Um, we started a collaborative playlist on Spotify 
Um, so just some of those things that I, I would say probably are, are important for the mental health side of all of this. Um, it's isolating uh, to be um, in this situation, and I want to make sure that my team stays healthy um, with all of that, too. So I think for me that my final thought is uh, just making sure that I'm not only connecting with all of our partners and everybody externally, but that I am doing as much or more for my team internally. Yeah, this is Kate. Something we're always saying in our office around my team is um, try to put yourself in the shoes of the donor. And I think that rings true now a whole lot. And so it's a great time to um, stay in touch with your supporters and also just express gratitude to those who have helped you along the way. Um, And I love what Heidi said, just practice some good self-care as well. Take care of yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of everyone around you. Well, this is Jamie. Um, I, I think in times like this, it's really important just, you know, to recognize the things that you can't control and then just take the opportunity to, to control the things that you can. So, you know, the, the, your perspective on things and your outlook um, and your mentality is, is so, so key and important, not just for you personally and your family, but then for the teams that you work around. So thinking about things as possibility and positivity as much as possible uh, it's kind of infectious, for the lack of a better term. You know, we have all of this disease going around with COVID-19, but, you know, sometimes if you can just provide some positive reinforcement for things about the possibility and the positivity, the things that do exist to us in this, this era of scarcity, I think really lends itself a far way. Um, you know, I, messaging to your donors, messaging to your team, leading with gratitude, I would agree with all of those things. Um, and, you know, we're kind of building the plane as we're flying it right now. I don't think there's a guidebook for, you know, what we should and shouldn't do. I know we're being very bold with our continued efforts to raise money um, in the light of the cancellation and the virtual um, event. For some, it might not resonate. For others, it might. Um, so my hope is, is that people understand why we're doing what we're doing, um, the importance of the services that we provide in the community, and that we're going to be here for those um, when they need us. And um, just, you know, really look to control what you can um, and be positive and think about the possibilities that exist in this, this new altered reality for all of us. Well, Jamie, Kate, Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today. That was absolutely amazing. Um, thank you. We really appreciate the time that you've taken out of your completely hectic schedules because I know what it's like right now for you. So um, on behalf of all our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Andy, there's a lot going on in the world right now, isn't there? Oh my gosh, yes, there is. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you, but every day there's more changes and more craziness. So uh, how are you getting through it? Oh, I'll be great. I'll be great. I was, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to do a podcast about this specific topic. And, um, and Stacy had a great idea that we're going to try to do this again very shortly on the same topic with a, a different set of experts so we can get a different lens on it. So I don't think this is going to be the last you hear from us on this topic. No, and that sort of leads to, we want your questions. We know these are unprecedented times, and we know that you've got a lot on your mind and a lot of things you're just navigating and working through. And certainly, we're not the experts, but we will try to bring you different insights, different opinions, and people going through it just like you, because you're not alone in this. (music) 